Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf. And I'm C.G. Erickson. And today we have an amazing guest. The Sheba Mason is with us. <laughs> Virtually with hey. us. Hi. Me. You're welcome. Sorry I haven't had you on before. Like, I was thinking about it now and I'm like, what the heck? Like, I have certain blind spots. I guess we all do. But I was like, it's so weird. Like, yeah, I'm just happy that you're on and it's good to see you. How long have you been doing so long? I'm a jerk. I don't know. I'm a jerk. Like, honestly, that could be the answer. And uh, I apologize because you are Sheba's a star. How long have you been doing comedy, Sheba? Like a oh, long God. ass time. So long since I was 19. Since you were 19. So Sheba's been in the streets of Manhattan working her ass off. To me, you really are one of the funniest comics out there. And you just, she works her ass off. Like you don't, you would love that because you have such a crazy (laughs) hard ethic with that work ethic. But like Sheba is always, you know, on stages, putting shows together. And I think it's really admirable. Thanks. Thanks. Now, can you tell that to some of the industry? (laughs) I know. I was going to ask you like, what has been the hardest of doing comedy for so long? I would say like, it's, it, I, you know, I don't want to give it substance because, you know, when you talk about something, you give it substance and then you just keep it going. So like, no, definitely. I tell her that a lot. Like I, I, there's certain (laughs) stuff I don't like to talk about because it makes it too, it makes it too real or yeah, it gives it, gives it some kind of power. It just, yeah, it gives, it gives the thing power, you know, like, so but with that said, like, you know, it's hard to get, it's been hard to like get like a really good agent, you know, and like, you know, do things like that. Um, I was stuck like producing like the wrong kind of shows for a while. Then during the pandemic, I found this great place. I don't know if, have you heard about it? Did I tell you about it? Or have you heard about it? I think it? you told me a bit about it. I think it was before I started really getting up again and I was blocking out certain comedy stuff, but you run a cool yeah. show now, right? Yeah, and I've been really fortunate. Like, um, it's it's in a covered courtyard, like upstairs at a bar, so it's like technically outdoors, and uh, people feel like safer there, you know. And it's warm because it's it's hard to explain, but it's warm and there's heaters. But I started it like in the middle of the pandemic, like that July, um, when no one had anywhere to go. So I was getting all the seller comics to come, and like you know some of the celebrities, like you know David Tell comes by, and, like Louis C.K. comes and stuff, like you know, and all the you know all those people. So they still do, and you got to do it sometime. And they still. I would you know, love to. 
Yeah, could we sure. could we like grab dinner or something before too? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. It'd be great to grab dinner. Yeah. 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 I would love that. Yeah, that would be fun. I love that you guys took my question and turned it right into the positive. I really do like that. I can get quite cranky, Shiva. He has seen it firsthand where my, my energy levels drop and I can be the crankiest. And I do, I have a tendency we to have give to get power. Home. We have to get home the second they drop. Like if we're out, if we're out at the mall or something, I can see it. Her, fit, her whole face drops. I'm like, oh shit, the monster's about, so and like she needs to be, it's usually about food. It's usually about food. I got to feed her real quick. And so I started just keeping trail mix in the ride. <laughs> so like I could just give her something, you know, it's yeah. the one with M&Ms in it. It's like not the real healthy trail mix. It's just the kind of, yeah. So I'm sure uh, I have a deficiency that I haven't fixed quite yet for it to drop that fast. Cause I go from like chipper to zombie, like the crankiest zombie real quick, but I'll fix it. Oh, I'm, I'm working it out. Um, so Sheba, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up your dad am i am i okay to go here um is because you and i don't talk about this like ever when we're talking we talk about like boy stuff and all sorts of like that kind of stuff um we don't ever really get into that but your dad is jackie mason yeah and he he passed recently ish right yeah and like, I just, I don't want to like, I want to ask questions that are sensitive because I don't know how much you feel like sharing, but. I'll share. You, you don't have to tread lightly. Well, why don't you share what you feel like sharing about this? I think it's fascinating that your father is someone who was very famous, comedian. I guess even at his death, did he fully admit that he was your father finally? Like. No, he, he had to admit that he was my father, like, you know, in the early stages because he paid child support and stuff. Oh, so okay. I was a baby. Yeah, he paid child support until I was 18. Um, okay. He was with my mother for 10 whole years. She's a musical comedy that she wrote all about it called the Jackie Mason musical, which toured around. It's still like coming back sometime after this pandemic. But um, I play my mother and it's like, that's how I met my twin flame who's now gone, but he was playing my father, Jackie Mason. But uh, he's not dead. He's just gone. But we were together seven and a half years and maybe okay. he'll be back. But um, anyway, he <laughs> it's not a twin flame podcast. But anyway, so, um, my father it could be if you want it to years. be. And um, and and then like he, you know, we didn't have much to do with each other other than the fact he did pay child support. But when I was a child, you know, we were on the cover of all sorts of newspapers and stuff. And I was on like Entertainment Tonight and Current Affair and like talking about it and stuff. And um, he, when he died, like if you see in all the obituaries, I am listed as his daughter. So that's good. But okay. like somebody asked me like, this is like, I have this joke in my act now, like, well, how do you feel about the afterlife in regards to your father? And I'm like, of course I believe in the afterlife. He's been ghosting me for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would run into him on the street sometimes too, right? There were yeah, times- a joke about that. Too. Yeah. Like, I, like we're getting closer i know we're getting a lot our relationship is better because last week i saw him on the street and he actually recognized me (laughs) and i know he recognized me because the minute he saw me ran the other way (laughs) 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 like at the applejack diner which is like right by my house he would always sit there there's even like a plaque on a booth that says the jackie mason booth which is pretty cool you know we just weren't that close my whole life but that's how people have you know, weird situations with their fathers all the time. And at least 
if you're going to have an absentee father, at least I got his gene pool. So that's good. But, you know, that made it harder in comedy, too, because I kind of thought like, oh, I'm Jackie Mason's daughter. When I first started, like people would care like that would matter. And like, apparently it doesn't it didn't matter that much, except sometimes when they know who he is, they book me like when they couldn't afford Jackie Mason, they would hire me, you know, but he's actually not a clean like he's people have this impression that he's like this borscht belty like he's not like he's he's like you know he's like the bad ass of the borscht belt you know what is that the bad ass of the borscht belt what's, what's the, borscht? the borscht belt yeah what's the borscht belt you don't know what the borscht belt is no it's like a, from yesteryear like the comics of yesteryear like those older jewish comics you know they're, oh. people think of them as like hacky but they're you know they're the ones who invented hack you know but that isn't like that is it like Don Rickles? Like who was in that group? Yeah, like even even I guess you could say like yeah, like Don Rickles, um, uh, Alan King maybe was like part of the Borscht Belt. Okay. Even before them, like you had Morty Storm, who's like you know from a hundred fifty years ago. You know, like I guess it's a, a type of humor that sort of stemmed from vaudeville. Okay. Like way back, and then like trickled down, I guess. But yeah. Well, that's what I also like about your comedy and your presence on stage is I feel like you have some of this like older generational showtiminess to you, which I love. It's almost like Judy Garland-esque in that sense of like, there's a showiness. Yeah, you emanate a certain thing, but it takes me back generations. Like even some of your mannerisms, it does remind me of, now I don't know your dad's comedy very well, but I imagine it reminds me of that genre a bit. So I think it's really cool that whether you meant to or not, you do have genetically some of that vibe in your comedy. I should have showed you Sheba's comedy before. Yeah, you don't I, I did, I fucked up, that's my bad. So you could like understand more of her style in a sense. Um, but I do love like, when you've done stand up in Manhattan for so, for so long, you see so many different types of comedy, right? Like you see yeah. it all that it takes a certain pop to keep listening. Do you know what I mean? Like when I'm at a show, it, I like someone has to pull on me in a unique way to make me even want to listen at this point. I've, I've seen it all. And um, I just really find that your comedy pulls me in. Thank you. I love Thank when you, you do crowd work and I haven't seen you do comedy in years. So like, I, I can't say exactly what you're like right now, but I remember like every now and then something would happen. And if Sheba like went into it, yeah, you would just be riffing off the top. And it was like, yeah, that that's some of your best work. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It's fun. Like, you know, when you're a comic, like that stuff is fun because you depart from your set and it's just like, you're really like, it's, it's so in the moment, you know? that stuff is like sometimes more like, I almost like, like that more, but it's just unreliable. Yeah. And then sometimes you get so used to doing that. And then you realize like when you're at a giant theater, it's not really amenable to that. Sometimes it's harder. Oh, can you not do it? Is it like the sound doesn't travel right to, to talk to the people? Well, it's like the people in the back are up high. can't see what's going on in the, you can't see cause like there's real, real lights. So it's like crowd work is like, and also like, situations don't they don't treat it like a shitty comedy club like because like people just don't respect comedy clubs but a lot you know but like sometimes when they get into a theater they're not going to heckle you or, or yell shit because they're like at a theater you know it's like this whole like mental thing and what they paid for a ticket is different i guess so 
you know, there's not like two drink, like how many clubs like, no, you know, are known for like drinking raucous places. Right. But like a giant theater is different. So I've, I like, somebody was pointed out to me when you do these little rooms so much, you sometimes like you start to get so used to doing good crowd work or like, you know, and then like when you get to a theater, it's like, well, what am I going to do? I can't rely on that. You know? So even yeah. like I have something about being choked during sex and like I'll say, hey, ladies, who enjoys being choked during sex? And then I have a joke about that, like if someone says they do, but like at a theater, you can't really do that because you can't see anyone. So you just have to say, you know, just lead yourself into it without asking a lot. <laughs> yeah, the theater shows I've done, I almost, sometimes you can see the front row or the front right. two sometimes, but sometimes it's like you're staring at just lights yeah. coming at you and then like black abyss and you just have to like trust that what you're saying is you're going to hear laughter and they're going to connect because it's like you're almost telling jokes into a black hole in outer space exactly you're really <laughs> just relying on on hearing really. yeah yeah i was trying i've been trying to get cg to start stand up but it's too scary it's too scary up there. I see what you guys do. It's it's impossible. It's not impossible, but you could, but it's just not that great of a life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would tell my kid to do it if I had a kid. Would you tell your kid to do it? Shane wants to start. Oh no. But she knows that she she knows that he's going to like Princeton or something. <laughs> so she, you know, she knows he's got backup. I'm so strong backup. He is now because when we Matt, he was like five. I really don't tell me, please. He's fifteen. Oh. He's oh, fifteen. Wait. Yeah. So, but like, he's we're definitely. He's a handsome kid. Oh yeah, he's slaying that poontang. Oh my! God. No, no, just kidding, just kidding, you guys. <laughs> my mother said to me, "Is that her boyfriend or her son?" Once, like, we were looking at you on Facebook. <laughs> he's a good-looking kid. That's nice. Yeah, he's great, but he might he might start. But I definitely think yes. Comedy is hard. What made you want to get into comedy? Was it because of who your dad is? Was that like in you already? Or like what made you finally go? Or was just because you were funny as shit? Hey, that's a, that's a good question. So what happened was I came from like a show business background. Like my mom was a playwright. And, um, you know, I did a lot, a lot of musical theater. I sing too. Like I've done tons of plays. And when I was six, there was a comedian in... Um, Miami Beach named Frankie Mann. He now passed away, but he like took me under his wing and I started doing, he had an act that he did in the South Florida condo circuit, which is, you don't know what the South Florida condo circuit is. It's like these giant um, communities that have shows at like- every Like day. retirement communities, like Florida retirement, retirement communities. communities. Like 55 and over, but they're not like sickly. They're just like in like Century Village or like also giant hotels in Miami Beach would have shows you know, mostly for that kind of crowd. Um, so every Saturday night I would perform with him. He would bring me up on stage for like, you know, 10 minutes. I would sing and have some patter back and forth with him. And I started essentially doing stand-up. I was trained to learn how to wait for the last. My mother and grandmother like trained me with him, like, you know, do this. And then I would hang out like backstage with him and the musicians and like, we would bullshit, you know, like, and they would talk to me like I'm an adult and I'm like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. So this went on for some time. In addition, to, and like it was like fun. They would like you know tell me dirty jokes and nothing creepy, like you know nothing like molested or anything. But like uh. you know, just talk to me like I'm one of the guys backstage, you know. So that really shaped a lot of like I didn't think of doing stand up though um, until later 
So I'm doing theater, doing theater, doing a lot of plays. I would even like do regional theater where you get paid like during the day at school, you'd leave school early to do theater, which was cool. You could count that as like an internship class, whatever. So um, then I was all set to go to the University of Miami when I was 18. And instead, I just really was dying to get to New York. I had like this image of New York in my mind. So I just like left lock, stack and barrel. Like I bought my plane ticket and I was gone three days later. And I just tried to make it in New York. I stayed with a friend for a week. I had one week to get out of his house because he's that good of a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so then I started. I so I was going to college, like Baruch College, which is like a commuter school. It's not even college. And like uh, living on my own and working as a waitress in in like a bunch of places. I worked at Ellen Stardust Diner as a singing waitress. Oh my god! Various places. Yeah, that was fun. You As a like, singing waitress, do you sing the order? Do you sing the specials? Do you? <laughs> you sing like 50 songs because it's like a 50s diner. So you have to have like a whole repertoire and you have to audition. Oh so really it's a lot of the Broadway people who like go on to Broadway do it, you know, but. Um, oh, oh, you perform. And so you're waiting <laughs> on people and you're performing in between waiting on people? Yeah, like every now and then, like you'll take an order and then every now and then you'll sing, like for the whole restaurant, you know? And then you get tips based on singing too. So you really make a lot of money there. They're making I want to go to that restaurant. Me too. That sounds awesome. It's cute. It's like for kids. It's like mostly for kids. But it's, it's cute. We'll be the only adults. <laughs> this is so like fucking Disney. awesome. Yeah. It's fun. So I worked there. Then I started working as a waitress at New York Comedy Club. And when Al Martin still owned it, who doesn't talk to me, by the way, now because of my room. Oh, that was fun the way you look so shocked. It's so funny. Well, you were there a lot. That's, I mean, yeah. yeah. No, that was, that was fun. I was wondering if you would be shocked. Um, I am. But like, also, we haven't, you know, you and I haven't really caught up in a while. And I feel like in those years, so many different things have happened for so many different people of like, just people they were working with that they're no longer close with or even just they were friends with you know a lot of things have gone down so i'm not too shocked but i was at first (laughs) yeah it was fun your face was genuine (laughs) the pandemic was a real reset like everybody hit the reset button you know yeah um so so after i started working as the waitress the manager buddy flip was like hey do you want to take my comedy class for free so i did and then the rest was history you know he started giving me real spots on shows that i you know, I kind of skipped open mics. I skipped having to bring people and all that. And he was like, nice. kind of like managing me. He believed in me that I was like Jackie Mason's daughter. He cared. So um, <laughs> I started doing that. And then I started running shows at my Joe Franklin's, which is gone now. And then Broadway and New York Comedy Club. And then, you know, like just that's how it happened. I do say it's good to run a show when you're early on so that you can give yourself time. But you got to run shows with integrity. Like, the bringer shows are horrible. You have to call someone up and be like, oh, you have three people? You have to have six people. It's like, do you feel, you don't want to do that. It's horrible. It's like soul crushing. You know? you know yet what a bringer show is? I think you've heard of it, but it's basically like, oh, okay, we'll give you five to 10 minutes of stage time as long as you bring this amount of people. And depending on the venue, like I think Caroline's I've heard makes you bring a crap ton amount of people. Whereas like certain shows you bring five or some is eight. It so depends. you bring people and all those people buying tickets. Yeah. You don't get stage time if you don't bring them. 
And so then like, so let's say there's like eight comics on a show. So everybody brought people. Then you have this giant show, yeah. which is good. And if you're a new comic, you do get to perform in front of all those other people that you didn't bring. Right. Which is cool in a way. If it's like done. I don't I mean, I guess I don't know. I, I did them. I did them a decent amount in the beginning when I started because you want stage time and you want to get up at certain venues that there's no way you could get a regular spot at unless you do that. And you still have friends to bring when you start comedy. When you first start, there are people that are like excited to come see you. And then t- 10 years in, they're like, we have seen your shows for so long, like get other people there. But the um, problem is they see you like when you suck in the beginning, and then, <laughs> and then you know it's like that's their impression of you, you know. But yeah. who cares what your friends think anyway? Fuck them too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's so funny because like CG's now seen some comedy, not a ton, but he's been around it, and he's like he has witnessed that comedians, although we can really be funny on stage and make people laugh, like we can get quite cranky. And like annoyed after it's like we give so much. Um, oh my gosh, what? Sorry, <laughs> something popped up. You get bad news. We get it was bad news, yeah. Oh, you know what? It was the Zoom. It was the Zoom running out of time. This meeting will end in ten minutes because normally they let you do as long wow. as you want when it's just two people. And now they're saying upgrade. I'm thinking about fuck you, Zoom. <laughs> I'm going to probably die. Zoom has so much money. So we're getting mad at Zoom. <laughs> Zoom, Zoom. Zoom made the world better for yeah, everyone. I thought Zoom at least cared enough to let just two people talk unlimited time because it's just two channels. Well, right we now. cheated the system because we had two on this side. Yeah, well, Zoom. So maybe they Zoom know. Maybe there's somebody watching. Anyway. Yeah, maybe they do know. But if, but if it's so much better than Zoom, like, then why did Zoom even be invented? We think it's better. But we're the only people uh, out of, it's like very small percentage of people, things better like 0.1%. And we're in the 0.1%. Skype's free. So you can go as long as you want with multiple people. That's it's, why Skype's I better. I love going as long as I want with multiple people. So why people. didn't Skype make themselves more known? Like during the pandemic, why didn't they make themselves known more? Where were they? It was like why they were they falling off. Like <laughs> conquer the world. Why did they stand idly by? If you could be free on Skype, with as many people as you want for as long as you want, mm. why did they stand IV by and just allow Zoom to take over the world? I think it's because they couldn't afford any advertising because it was free. <laughs> that's what, that's, yeah. That's what made them go under. It was free. I feel like there's no Jewish people dealing with Skype that work at Skype <laughs> because they never would have allowed that to happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, Skype kind of blew it. Skype was in that market way before anything. COVID happened, everyone needed to go virtual. And if Skype couldn't get out of their ditch for COVID, it's a lost cause. Mm. Zoom really took in and went with the whole thing. And then here we are needing to use Zoom and it's telling me that we're gonna get, our meetings gonna get shut down soon. But then, ha ha, I'm gonna sign out of this account, sign on don't to say, mine. Don't say it on Zoom. <laughs> they might be watching us. They already you, know, they already know we cheated the system Zoom. having two of us on one side of the camera. I was supposed to log in with my computer on Zoom and then you on your computer. They're pissed, dude. Anyway, Zoom has already taken and up we, too we much have of Zoom my on time. Our, we, We're on Zoom's bad side now, and I feel very uncomfortable. Zoom definitely has people listening in right now to us, and they're like sending assassins. The Zoom, Zoom's probably one of the richest. They're like, we work for Zoom. 
Zoom doesn't give a shit about us. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Um, okay. Now I totally forget what we were talking about. What's awesome, about. if you run Zoom, you like, there's not really any work to be done. Like, it's set up already. Like, you're just making a lot of money. No way. Technical. They have to probably upgrade so many different technical things. You got, like, a few IT people. Just kidding. I don't know how any of that works. I love pretending I know how shit works. That's my favorite. Okay. Should we, why don't we end this one? And then I'm going to send you a new link probably in about two minutes because it's going to first convert this video. Sorry. (laughs) So we started a brand new 40 minute recording sash. Um, Okay. Now I thought I wanted to ask Sheba what she thought about a friend of mine. He he got COVID. Okay. And then, you know, he, he, he kind of ruined Christmas, ruined whatever holiday it was, you know, had to tell, tell his wife and his kids and had to quarantine and all that stuff. And I talked to him on the phone. I was like, why did you tell everyone? And he was like, you're a fucking horrible person. And I didn't really realize, like, I, like, I was thinking like, why didn't you just like walk around with COVID and like not tell anyone? Cause it's like your life crumbled when you told everyone. So like, is that horrible? That's horrible. Right. I found out now. I know now that it's horrible, but like, if your life's gonna be that interrupted, what if like you're like you're not paying the bills? Like, what if you're living check to check, and you get it, and then you know you're gonna have to take off work for two weeks, and then be out on your ass? See, so I wanted to well, know. Well, here's the thing with the new with the new. Okay, like I even talk about this in my act a little bit. Remember when like you'd be sick a little sick and you'd like call up your boss and you'd be like, I'm sick. And he'd be like, no, you're coming in anyway. And you would like get through the day and you'd be like such a trooper, you know, <laughs> especially if like when I've been in plays, you don't, the show must go on, right? If you're sick at all and the play doesn't go on, then they, they, they applaud you. They're like, oh, look at her. She came in, she sang, she danced, she was sneezing, she was coughing. She still <laughs> got through it. What a trooper, you know? And now it's like, if you have like even like the slightest sniffle, everyone's like, don't come in, don't come near me. But with Omicron, like, like if somebody told me they had COVID and they had been with me, 
I'm under this like tremendous moral obligation to get tested before I go anywhere, I guess. So you have to abide by that. It's just like what we're doing now. But right. I mean, you have to, you can't walk around with COVID. That's what he, <laughs> like that's what he told like, me. She would, you that's can't what he... like have unprotected sex knowing you have AIDS, you know what I mean? But she AIDS is lethal. Shiva, she just said the same exact thing while we were on our break and we were resuming. We had to do another Zoom. She said that on the break. She said, she said, it's just like having an STD and not telling anyone. And I was yeah, like, why would you tell someone you had an STD? You're never going to have sex again. <laughs> like, it, it really is like, if you're telling anyone about these things, like kind of ruins your life. And so like there is, to me, it's just like nobody's saying it. Like I definitely think there's people with COVID out there know they got COVID and they're walking around because they don't want their life ruined for like two weeks. Yeah, I'm sure there are people out there. And those people, you know, are called creeps. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh. creepy because it's not even about me. It's like if I get it and then I'm going to see someone old, it's like everyone's so scared of killing the old people. No, no, that's definitely, I get, yes, I get, I do get that completely. But when like, you don't know any old people and you just know bills and you're like, Hey, all I have friends, all my friends are bills that come to my house that I have to pay. And then that's all you think about. I feel like you don't tell anybody. I mean, you just suck probably, it up and you good. The show go, must go on. If there is, I, mean, I agree with you though. Yeah especially if there's like a single parent who has kids and like really can't afford to take off work. I'm not saying, I mean, in an ideal world. It sounds world, like you're saying you wouldn't tell anyone. No, no, no. Is that it, what you're saying? This is what I'm saying. In an ideal world, um, no one has to work when they're feeling awful. Like in an ideal world, we're allowed, like there are systems in place so we can rest and rejuvenate and I not be I believe that sick. world is called Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we need yeah. to move there, dude. Like, that's some of my ancestry. So I feel like maybe we could move there and just things would be like brighter and better. Yeah. Just the rules. Live our best Swedish life. Yeah, like I feel like they pay for you to stay homesick. I feel like if like the three of us and some others move to Sweden, we could start a really good Swedish uh, comedy community. <laughs> that's yeah, that's quite possible. I'd be like, that's yeah, Manhattan possible. comedy school but you have you heard about the swedish comedy community okay <laughs> what are some swedish blind. cities are there i don't know any and I'm, my ancestors are from sweden i have no idea the thing is too is that there's so many negative there's so many false positive tests so now we're all like freaking out like every time we're a little sick we take a test then you take another test and that's negative sometimes right or vice versa like a lot I know someone who tested negative twice and he was like, no, I know I have it. I definitely have it. Then he finally took a test and it became up positive. So which is it? Is he, he was like, why he negative and then, <laughs> like, I would just be happy with the negative result and like, you know, but you know, I don't know. I think like, you know, how like the airlines, like, like stopped, a lot of them stopped flying during Christmas time oh. because the pilots and the crew got COVID. Think about it. How do you, you could just, it's so easy to just lie now and just say, oh, I tested positive. <laughs> And then, like, go live your best life, you know? Oh, so the pilot, you're saying the pilots wanted home for the holidays. I do, yeah. I think some of them. Good call. Yeah. If I Why not was think a about pilot? It? I was, yeah. If you were a pilot and it's Christmas time, do you want to you want to be flying or you want to be with your family? And now you can just lie and say you tested positive. Yo, that's very true. Now, I think the point that you made about how it used to be, because I almost forget that, and it wasn't that long ago, the way it used to be where... You try to call out sick 
and you might get fired for not coming in. You try to call out sick in the morning, even if you are sick. You know, like right. it was completely different. Right. Now it's like somebody even has a suspicion that you're sick. You better stay your ass home. Right. Um, yeah, that really flip-flopped on us. I have allergies and I'm worried that like I'm going to get reported for COVID for this podcast because you can see I have some allergies. It's freezing cold here. <laughs> oh, dude, it's like two degrees out today. Yeah. Well, that's why like if I usually after I eat, I have to cough for a couple minutes. I don't know why, like, especially if it's Chipotle, like if I eat Chipotle, the guacamole <laughs> for whatever reason afterwards, I just, I'm not sick. I just have to like clear my throat. But now if you're like in public and you have to just cough to clear your throat, like you can feel people being like, like looking at you and it's like, yeah. okay, it's just a different environment, but it is interesting to go from that extreme of like, I don't care if you're sick, you're going to work to now, like, they still don't really care about you as a human when they're telling you not to come in, yeah. like keep, keep your germs at home. You leper. They're not like, Oh, yeah. you poor thing. Like, well, I mean, yeah. I guess some people could say that they say that, but I feel like people are just obligated now to not yeah. force them to come in. You know what? I don't, I don't really care too much about the pandemic. Like personally, myself, <laughs> I care about other people's health. Yes. But like, I, and so like, but I do like when somebody coughs in public to glare at them. Just, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I don't funny. actually glare. I don't That's actually really care. Funny. But I do definitely like to be like, do my scorn of disapproval. <laughs> So that they know that I care, that I think that they're sick and they're That's a bad really person. Funny. Are you and it's like, it's that? just because I'm a bad person on the inside. And so it's like, <laughs> I want them to feel what I feel for a little bit. That's, That's really good. I haven't heard anyone say that yet. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's fun. No, he says, he says some crazy. <laughs> it was funny though, like someone someone today was like is that your boyfriend he looks like superman and i was like oh like thank you for saying that because he has like such low self-esteem like this dude like i think he's walking around this world like such a hunk and he just can't he's just funny like he'll shit on himself he'll come up with crazy cool concepts <laughs> you need that though because when handsome men know they're handsome it's like the worst <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's very bad oh. so stop telling him how handsome he is he knows already. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's off-putting too. It puts me in awkward situations. Really? Look at what happens when little Jewish guys think that they're special. Look at how much my father fucked around on my mother, like so much fucking, you know. Uh, Just because he can you say fuck on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> of course. The clean comedy podcast. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't even know how to be funny at all if it was clean. I'd be completely helpless. You know, I guess I'm creating a monster. I'll stop telling you how good looking you are. He just yeah. gets, I perv on him a lot. It's so funny because like. She's a super pervert. He can't even like live in peace because he'll like walk by the kitchen and I'll just and like. she's like that ass. Like she'll just <laughs> say stuff like that. She'll be like that ass. And I'm like, ooh, she's trying to make some. You know, I'm not a piece of meat. Yeah. It starts you know to I mean? feel like a creepy nightclub on your end. And it's like, it shouldn't be like that. You're she just walks around naked perving sometimes. Sandwich. I call her naked pervert when she does that. <laughs> Why naked pervert up my room? You guys, but, uh, you know, it's nice to be to be. Uh, we live. Yeah. We live ish together. <laughs> yeah. 
live-ish. <laughs> I don't what? She asked if we live together, and I said we live-ish together. Got you. Yeah, close <laughs> yeah. enough. Yeah, it's close enough. Okay. <laughs> All right. I have a bed. I have a bed at her home. And so like, that's pretty much like, yeah. And then she likes my bed better than hers. And so like, I always, you know, I always have to share it. Well, he, he has a thing where you can, and like the thing can go up and stuff and like the, oh, nice. and I'm not used to that kind of classiness. Shiva, let me tell so. you, uh, I got it just cause it looked cool. I didn't even think I wanted the head raised and the feet raised at all. I just was like, this looks cool. It looks a lot cooler than my bed frame and I can stick stuff under the bed now. And that's why I got it. But um, I can't live without it now. It curls you up like a little, mm. like a little, wow. it cradles you like a baby. You're in a world. Oh, that must be so good for your back. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, Is so that like the it's, bed? it's no, it's not a sleep number bed. The mattress on top is good. But it's not memory foam. It's not. It's it's the best old school mattress with springs you can get. It's okay. Coil, it's like a coil. But no, but no, it's not. It's not a sleep number. And then, but the frame that we got, the frame lifts the bed up and crunches the bed up, and however you want. And that's a game changer. It just. But she's always in it now. <laughs> so like, I don't. It's not even mine anymore. I'm just not <laughs> used to like. I'm just. He's helping me step up my life in various ways he got by, me by taking my shit he, <laughs> no no he got me new bras like there are just some things that i needed that i didn't do you know what i mean like that now i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe i wasn't getting new socks and i was wearing like <laughs> like you know <laughs> i i just had things i had to throw out and like she was wearing the saggy boob bras to the um to the gym and because she thought the gym, you're not supposed to look good at the gym. And then, and I was like, I was like, wait, you know, why are you wearing the saggy boob uh, bras to the gym? And she <laughs> said, you know, she told me that. She was like, you're getting sweaty. You're not supposed to look good at the gym. You're not supposed to. And I, and I kind of think the gym's more like a fashion show to me. Like everybody's actually walking around looking their damn good. You know, I'm 40 now. I'm 40 now. So now like I'm one of the older people and like I look and just everybody's gorgeous at the gym. And so I was like, no, we need to get the special bras. We need to get the special stuff for me. Whatever they would come out with for men, I'm getting it. You know, so, so yeah, I, I did that. We took her to Victoria's Secret for the new bras. And um, they had some special I'm not ones. wearing one of those right now, but I treat these babies good now. They had some special <laughs> ones. And so, yeah, we, we got them. We're, we're trying to do things right. We're trying to do things right. We talked about- What did you say? Did you get a boob job? No. Oh, they look huge. I've been eating. Oh, that's why <laughs> I feed her. Them. That's why I feed her so much. They do, that's where she gets bigger. I think everyone at the gym thinks I got a boob job because I went from wearing bras that basically push you down to look like a boy to like these like that. And I think some people, I swear today, I was like, oh, they probably think I got a boob job because I like, because now he has me wear, like I'm at the gym we now. Go, like we got in the Victoria's kid. Secret one and now she's just absolutely... It, it's it's absolutely pornographic now when we go to the gym. It's when like she, it, it went from one one extreme to the other, and so yeah, they're thinking you're a porn star and you just got like your fake boobs and stuff like that. I think it's hilarious because I'm they might have thought that, but <laughs> um, but yeah, the bras do wonderful things. I think I'm just finding out. Sheba, when I usually when I see Sheba, she's got the girls out. She's usually a supporter of bringing them out. I mean, CG has really taught me the importance of breasts because I've always had you know, decent size, but I was like hiding them. because I was taught 
that also in comedy, I was taught growing up, like, hi them, like, you're not supposed to bring that kind of attention. And then like in comedy, they're like, do you want them paying attention to your boobs yeah. or your jokes? But I now I'm like, both. Over, yeah. Like, but on stage, I always wear a jacket. Like I never show my yeah, I never had cleavage on stage ever because the girls are looking at you like kind of like comparing and like judging your body. The girls are. And the guys are looking at you, but <clears throat> sometimes they're looking at you because the girls are looking at you. You know, like and they're like it's people look at bodies on stage, like even whether you're fat or thin or like bodies are interesting. So I like to hide my arms and my and my um, you know, my breasts. Well, stage. not this, not this woman anymore. So does she. Usually, but I then I wanted her not to hide him anymore. <laughs> so it's like I don't know whether it's a good change or not. It just like it's what happened. If people are coming out to see you and they know who you are, I think you can do whatever you want, and like that's awesome. Like Nikki Glaser dresses really sexy on stage, and it's like great. I want to. I just feel like I need to get people to like listen to me and not like judge my breast size. You know, like the girls do more. But I think it's great if you if you like you know, it's good. Yeah, well, I, I'm embracing cleavage in general more. Good. I think it's very Embrace nurturing. It. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? It is. It's like a symbol of, I mean, breast milk. It's nurturing. It's like they, they make you feel warm and fuzzy. So I, I've been bringing them out more. That's <laughs> important. It's very important. It's a fun attribute. The world needs more of that. <laughs> I mean, I have wonder bras all over the place. Yeah, CG's teaching me the true importance in life. Well, and this is the thing. She's one of them. <laughs> she wasn't wearing that. And so I felt like, all right, so everybody's walking around and, and maybe 80% of the girls are wearing those. And so like it's like it's like they're cheating. And now she's looking, she's looking not great out there because they got these enhanced, these enhanced things going on. I'm like, yo, you gotta you gotta get into the game. Like you need the right cleats to play this sport. Mm. And so, you know, I, I just, I felt like the other people were cheating. And so she had to get, you know, she had to get what they had. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been helping me get my life together, which includes some tighter fitting outfits, um, <laughs> which I'm about, you know what I mean? Cause I didn't mean to start dressing um, like a total, like, complete hipster hip you know what I mean like I didn't realize that everything was like super whatever um okay one last wait, thing wait. I want to get on it real quick I got I got this from my dentist oh just from my dental office real real quick what, what happened oh damn it did I erase it bro are you bringing up your dentist because my teeth look a little red they look red because of all this because of red <laughs> wine that I was drinking last night that somebody brought me red wine and no matter how much you brush your teeth it lasts for two days that's why I'm, i've like stopped drinking red wine <laughs> oh no definitely oh yeah that does it to me too but no i couldn't see that at all in the <laughs> oh, okay. no they just said said something they were like you know with our new sedation techniques you you fall asleep and then you wake up with a brand new smile and i was like that sounds scary as fuck it was like an advertisement <laughs> they just sent me you wake up with a brand new smile like you just fucking tore apart my whole mouth and while I was sleeping I don't know anyway we really have to talk about that but I just got that message before we started and I was like that's some creepy ass I shit. will say this I think it's crazy that health insurance 
that you have to have like separate dental insurance that health insurance doesn't cover teeth because they're so much a part of your body. And if like, it is crazy. It's, if it starts to hurt, your whole health is fucked up. Like anyone who's needed a root canal or had a really bad cavity, like it is hard to function health wise. So it's crazy that you have to like have a whole separate thing for that. To they be treat there. it like it's a luxury. Like you're <clears throat> like taking care of your teeth is a luxury and it's not like a necessary thing, but I think it's very necessary. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that, that insurance should definitely help to like cover dental. I know so many poor people were walking around with half a tooth, you know, they can't get it fixed. Dude, or in like, like or in so much pain because like they need a root canal or something like that, and it costs I don't know, five hundred bucks, a thousand bucks or something, and that so yeah, that happens all the time. It's like sad to watch. In prison, yeah. you have like a bad tooth problem. They go to pulling it right away as a way to like fix it, and it's like the thing that people need to realize: not only is it a health issue, but if you pull out people's teeth and then you expect them to go back into the workforce, appearance matters, right? So if you have like teeth missing as well it's harder for that person to also get a certain job so i think it's pretty fucked up yeah like they know you've been in the slammer if you have more than like three or four they know you came from the slammer well oh just kidding they don't know that that's terrible (laughs) no because like it does happen like like things do happen (laughs) that's not really gold teeth how does that who gets gold teeth you know, I think that used to be a thing. I think that oh. used to be a thing. Like, like Home Alone, Joe Pesci has a gold tooth and he's a criminal. <laughs> and like, it was like, it was like, if you're a criminal who's like doing all right for yourself, you get a couple gold teeth. But I think that ended like 2000. I haven't seen anybody with gold teeth in a long time, but like people used to be rocking them Jones in the nineties. You guys they're... both have really good teeth. Thanks. <laughs> I want to get gold teeth or a platinum grill. I think platinum <laughs> grills look kind of cool. They're like silver. Gold is like yellow. And like, that's what you don't want your teeth to be. So that always confused me. But I did think the platinum was kind of awesome. When the rappers started doing the platinum grills, I kind of thought like, it looks crazy. Like it looks like you're a robot, but yeah, but to me, it still looks kind of cool to me. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe goals. Let's all of us get rich enough so we can have platinum grills one day. Dude, I want platinum grills so bad. I want my, I want diamonds in mine. I want some of my teeth to be like, bling, like I want to smile. Platinum in the shoes and be like, bling, 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 bling. And just be like, there must be so annoying though. Like that's a lot of money to have then something in your mouth. I feel like I'd start saliva-ing, salivating them in and like. Yeah. (laughs) The diamonds would start being something in your mouth all the time. You're just having something in your ear. Yeah, I would be like, I feel like it would start cutting into my cheeks. Anyway, we will start to wrap up. I just want to bring up this one thing. There was a woman who got in trouble, I think, like with the law. I don't even know what fully happened to her, but she like put her her kid in the trunk because he had COVID. And- I saw that. The quarantine. <laughs> but that's what I also think is funny about COVID too, is like, you still have to care about other things. Like- a kid could suffocate in a trunk or it's just not safe. Right. So it's like, yes, you can be scared of COVID, but like you still, there are other things to be scared of too, that you have to take care of, including your mental health. I feel like people forget that part of it. It's like, yes, you want to follow the rules of like health safety, but like also follow your own rules of like, don't go fucking insane and like, don't get (laughs) miserable in all of this. Like you still got to figure out 
what's going to keep you thriving and going. So it's an interesting world because now it's like rules times, rules time. Like everyone wants rules. They're like, now here's yeah. more rules. It's like, okay, yeah. some make sense, but some you got to be like, all right. You know, this is why uh, the government doesn't like me. I'm like, okay, I'll take in some of your, your laws, but these ones, well, some laws are just fucking nuts. I always bring this one up, but like, it's illegal to have anal in some states. Like some laws are just, outdated archaic and for some reason haven't been whatever i'm like i'm sorry like how's that my fault like if i live in a state where they said no anal if i wanted to have anal i'm gonna have fucking anal i'm not even a big anal person but it's just for freedom i feel like <laughs> i'd be one of the people's on that board of directors who was like yeah no anal i'm like that's yeah that's you don't need to do all that I, you know that's basically, i'm like yeah people don't need to do all that it can't be they made it illegal though like yeah. so you'll get like tackled off of someone like tackled off of from behind them if the cop comes in during i guess i think that'd be funny as shit if there's some footage of somebody getting caught doing anal in like one of them southern states and the cops had to like tackle them and tase them off of the person i think that'd be fucking hilarious remove but. your penis from the asshole sir um they have like a light on it it's like whoop whoop um, that was my cop thing. Ah. Whoop, whoop. Okay. Uh, I'm not the sound effect person. You're flipping out. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll just, we'll wrap it Is up. Is there a place where, where blowjobs are illegal? We should move. <laughs> you don't like giving blowjobs? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome of course response. I do. I'm kidding. Awesome response. <laughs> Shiva, where where can people find you on Instagram, website, shows, whatever? It was just um, at Shiva Mason, S-H-E-B, like in boy, A, Mason, M-A-S-O-N, everywhere on Instagram mostly. And uh, my show is is at the Three Monkeys in Midtown all the time. I travel around a lot too, but um, just ShibaMason.com. We'll see everything. about. Thanks so much for having me. We have to oh have dinner soon. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming, Shiva. That was Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank and then you guys. for me, here it was such a pleasure. For me at the Kate Wolf, anyone who wants a healing tower reading, kwolf27 at gmail.com. And thank you so much again, Shiva, for coming on. Thank you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.